Welcome to another episode of Are You Fucking Shitting Me? I'm April. And I'm Rachel. How are you? (laughs) Uh, Do we even know how to begin this episode? I don't know if we do know how to begin this episode. It's the holidays. It's the beginning of that season. Uh, So this is a fun time of year for so many people. And so many people hate it. (laughs) Thanksgiving is actually my favorite holiday. Is it? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you love about it? Uh, I love that there's nothing commercial involved. Mm-hmm. I love that it's just about getting together with family. And I was not a football watcher, so it wasn't like getting together and watching football. Mm-hmm. It was just getting together with family. And we'd always try out a new recipe and cook together. It just always felt like we're just hanging out. You know, my sister asked me literally what I just asked you. What do you like about Thanksgiving? Because I love it. I love Thanksgiving. And it's the same thing as there's no pressure to get anyone anything it's all about hanging out over food cooking all day which I love and it's a great time that said it can be stressful as fuck yeah if you have the wrong people gathered around the table who don't get along politically that can be very very hard I don't like traveling for the holidays so I'm not going home this year I just decided I'll go visit them a few weeks ago before the travel season happened because then by the time you get there you're stressed and then there's perhaps some tensions or stresses or whatever else so you don't really enjoy it everyone's coming to me this year that's great yeah it's a huge that that's like one of my dreams was always to have my family come to you know me that's awesome at thanksgiving so i hosted one of my favorite thanksgivings and i love to host things because then people go away and you don't have to drive home you're just at your home already yeah and you're all blissed out from tryptophan and uh pecan pie although i gotta say now i love thanksgiving because when i stay in town i go to tano's uncle's house and oh my god it's magic it's so great april it ends up being kind of a hoedown at the end of the night what more do you want for thanksgiving than a hoedown i don't know i mean it's not like a full-on hoedown but there's banjos and mandolins and fiddles and basses and guitars and ukuleles all being played with gorgeous voices singing around a table that everybody's been overly stuffed at it's great i did want to say though um coming up in a couple episodes i'm gonna try to wrangle a conversation with one of the folks there and maybe get to play their music oh that'll be really great i can't wait to hear yeah are you gonna record it at this thanksgiving yeah i'm gonna record some at the thanksgiving and then possibly go over there for a separate actual sit-down conversation if you'd like to come with all your spare time i would love to come with all my spare time (laughs) i'll bring it in my back pocket so for this episode rachel i thought we'd get in the holiday spirit and play an episode of a podcast that uh, I was a part of uh, in 2009, 2010 with my friend and colleague, Eve Tro, who works at Marketplace, which is a radio show on National Public Radio, which most people have probably heard before. So we created this podcast. It's called Family Jewels, and we were planning on telling stories about family stuff. Well, we only did one episode. Okay, so this is a super limited edition. Exactly. And it just so happens that this one episode has to do with Thanksgiving. Oh, lucky us. So we thought we'd play the episode. 
Welcome to the first episode of The Family Jewels. I'm April Lunston. And I'm Eve Trow. In this episode, we'll sit around the table for Thanksgiving. For some people, it's all about the food. Eve, what's your favorite food? That is easy. It's gravy. And my worst Thanksgiving might have been the year that I didn't have any gravy because the turkey was bought already cooked, so there were no drippings. It was awful. How about you? Well, I've always loved the turkey. And in fact, I was a vegetarian for five years, but I still always ate the turkey on Thanksgiving. That girl, April. Thanksgiving is also, of course, a time for being with your family, like it or not. Which in some families means getting to hear what racial slur Aunt Mildred is going to say that makes everyone cringe. Hmm. And in some families, it's the time when we debate politics with our in-laws from Iowa. In this episode, we'll have stories from our own family's jewelry box. Then a bit about the ritual of turkey dumping. If you don't know what that is, you'll have to wait to find out. No, it's not as gross as it sounds. And we'll talk to a woman whose job it is to answer questions about family drama around the holidays. Plus, Eve heads down to New Orleans and tells us about a traditional Big Easy Thanksgiving outing. I've also got a great recipe from there for leftover turkey. But first, let's open the show with April's Thanksgiving story. If you don't live close to your family, the holiday is often one of the only times there's a chance to, you know, make announcements when everyone's together. In April, you told me the story about the year your stepdad introduced a new acquaintance. Yeah. My family is a huge extended goulash of step-relatives, my parents are divorced, and in-laws because I'm married. And about 10 years ago, my mom, who's adopted, found her birth family. So I've always had this confusing, tangled mass of alternative family members. And here's the thing. All these people get along. My mom often spends Christmas Eve at my dad's house with he and his girlfriend, or her birth sister goes to parties with her adopted parents. Yeah. So a couple years ago, I was home for Thanksgiving, Sacramento, in Northern California. At the time, my mom ran a printing company with my stepdad, Bill. Okay, well, he wasn't really my stepdad anymore. In fact, they'd been broken up for about 10 years. My mom lived in her own house across town, and she was even engaged to someone else. But they still owned the business. And the print shop was like Bill's home, because he was pretty much always there working. His social life and family were tied up in the shop, too. Both his son-in-law, Gary, and his grandson, Wes, worked there. So anyway, back to Thanksgiving. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I was visiting my mom. And you always come into the office, and we had gone out to a huge lunch, and we came back into the office, and Bill was there. And so he gathered up. Wesley and Gary and you and myself for a Thanksgiving lunch in the conference room. This lunch is a surprise to us and totally unlike anything Bill would do, who's usually happy with macho burritos from Noggles. So we go into the conference room and there's a spread of food on the table. Filipino noodle and rice dishes, several custard pies, which are my mom's favorite. And there's this woman I've never met before sitting at the table. She's in her mid-40s, petite, with dark hair and olive skin, Filipino, and very smiley. And so we all sat down. We helped ourselves, and, and you and I weren't hungry at all because we just had this huge lunch. But we wanted to be polite. And as we try to eat, Bill introduces the woman, Gina. The only thing I knew about Gina was that she helped them with real estate transactions. Then Bill starts telling family stories. It's about Wesley growing up and about April and Lonnie, my brother, growing up and all the things that crazy things that we did and crazy things that Bill was involved in. Like Sly, the homeless guy who lived in our basement for six months and fixed typewriters. So at all hours of the day and night, you'd hear the plunk plunk of typewriter keys. 
and how Bill and my little brother got caught by the cops lighting off bottle rockets at the joggers in the park across the street, and the way Bill used to feed our old dog Howard hot peppers from Popeye's chicken. He's telling all these stories proudly, like other dads might talk about their kids' college or grandkids. And the whole time, Gene is there listening, and then all of a sudden, they kind of start making eye contact, and there's some giggles, and um, we start thinking, well, there must be something more going on here. And while Bill and Gina were giving each other moon eyes across the table, Wesley's shifting uncomfortably in his chair. And so after the luncheon was over and after Gina left, then Bill came by my office and I said to him, it seems like you there's something more than just a real estate transaction going on here. Is there more to this than just that? Bill gave my mom a smile that said it all and went off to his office. We found out Gina had been planning that introductory lunch for weeks. We were still Bill's family, even though we hadn't lived together for years. Bill and Gina have stayed together, and my mom and Gina are friends, or at least friendly. Actually, we're very good friends, and she still makes pies for me. I'm a Facebook friend with her. And I have to say that now, Thanksgiving wouldn't be the same without Gina's pies. April, no story is a bad story if it ends with delicious pie. So my parents were divorced as well, and they would trade off having my sister and I for Thanksgiving. So... We didn't really have traditions that we did every year because every year was different. It wasn't until I moved to New Orleans when I was in my 20s that I got a dose of a really strong Thanksgiving tradition. Because there, Thanksgiving is the opening day at the fairgrounds. What's that? Well, it's the horse racing track. Not exactly a family place, you might think, but not so in New Orleans. Ladies wear big hats, guys wear suits, people bring their babies out to watch the races. It's just awesome. And for the diehard racing fans, it's their own special kind of family. Here's Samuel O'Joy, who now starts the front. This is Matthew Payne Philly. At the rail, your former mind now moving through. Then Timmy Matinee, they're coming inside the final 16. Your former mind and Julie Graham off the line. Okay, I, I bet a, a dollar on a two to win. Okay, we had that. I bet the five, two is a five was a favorite, but the five had plenty of weight on them. Then I bet the trifecta. I got the numbers five, three, two, but they didn't come out in that odd. I should have boxed them. I don't know what it paid. I'm going to see what it paid. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the fairgrounds on Thanksgiving Day. That's right. Yeah. What are your names? Janice. Virgie. Rosemary Jernigan. <laughs> we friends. Oh. You can come out here for next weekend, Champions Day. You can come out here for Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. We'll be out here those days, too. Oh, Thanksgiving's always, because it's opening day. Traditional, it's, it's, it's a traditional day. It's always the biggest crowd of the year. Okay, those ladies saying their names is the best. Yeah, let's play it again. Janice. Virgie. Rosemary Jernigan. <laughs> and my friend Abram is also one of those diehard fans. Abram, how many Thanksgivings have you spent at the track? Eight, nine. Only thing I don't like is the line to, to place my bets. It's kind of a pain. But it's great because you get to see all the folks you ain't seen, see if they're still alive. They made it through another year. It's kind of like the in other places they got the spring thaw. Down here, it's like, you know, another year we made it through the long, hot summer. 
racing season is upon us and you know we'll be seeing each other around again all year. I see. And who do you have with you today? I have my 15-year-old uh, cousin Evan. He's uh, visiting from Dallas. Yeah, he's my cousin. And he asked me after Thanksgiving dinner, got up and said, Evan, you want to go to the track? It's, it was a good surprise. Great family. You know, so. So you've had your Thanksgiving dinner already, huh? Yeah, we had it earlier this morning. Actually, so Abram could come to the track. It was based around his uh, betting. So, yes, lots of people in New Orleans spend Thanksgiving cheering and yelling and betting. And the big meal for them is just an afterthought. Well, some people think the day after Thanksgiving is a better day for eating anyway. At least, that's what Liz Williams told me. She's the president of the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. And for her, Thanksgiving is, you know, it's good. It's really good. But she told me she wakes up Friday much more excited. We really use the turkey as an excuse to have turkey gumbo the next day. So I'll have a regular turkey and then a smoked turkey, too. Always enough to have there was turkey left, and she would get huge turkeys like football players. That's Liz's son, Mark. I called him to chime in. He's in his 20s and lives in New York now. He says soup is his favorite food. He had chicken noodle for breakfast the day I called him. And he loves turkey. So this gumbo, this was his dream meal growing up. You know, the turkey is really what you want at Thanksgiving. So this is just literally you're just drinking turkey. I mean, you, you dabble in the stuffing and the cranberry, but really you just want to mainline the turkey. So this is the best way to do that. Because you have to save all the bones and all the skin and you take... Um, the turkey carcasses and um, use the gravy um, as a base. We have to make the roux and you still have to caramelize your onions and do all of that. And I also add usually andouille. And Liz makes a lot of this stuff. An unbelievable amount, says Mark. I don't even know where she got this pot about the size of like a clothes hamper. Just so much soup. Pot was never ending. I mean, the ladle was huge. Oh, yeah, I keep it just simmering on the stove all day, so it's always hot when people come in and they get their bowl. <laughs> because way more people come over the day after Thanksgiving than on the holiday itself. And always, instead of rice with our gumbo, we have leftover cornbread and oyster dressing. And it's, it's kind of reminiscent of this sort of Cajun use of a scoop of potato salad in your gumbo. I think that's what gave me the idea. Potato salad? I never heard of that. But Liz, being the food queen that she is, has assured me it's a Cajun thing. And that her day after gumbo, while untraditional, has never received any complaints for not being authentic. It's like, how could you ever say that's not really gumbo? Because you can put anything in gumbo. You could put squirrel and you can put possum. Well, Liz's son Mark lives in a little apartment. He's not inviting the family up. And he won't be coming down for the holiday this year. Well, actually, uh, me and a couple of New Orleans guys started in New York, and we're going to do our own Thanksgiving. It probably won't be as good, but we're going to give it a shot. Are you going to try to make your mom's masterpiece the next day? I wouldn't even know where to begin. You don't even know where she got a pot that big, so that's your first difficulty. Right, I'd probably make it in the tub or something. Mmm, a bathtub full of gumbo. And Ajax aftertaste might test his mom's idea that, you know, anything works for gumbo. But who knows? Maybe he'll start a new tradition. You can find Liz Williams' recipe for leftover Thanksgiving gumbo at thefamilyjewelspodcast.com.
and visit the Southern Food and Beverage Museum online at southernfood.org. Thanksgiving horror stories like the dog running off with the ham or mom's hair getting caught in the mixer sound funny until they happen to you. Our next story comes from my stepmother, Michelle Swanberg. She remembers an ad campaign for Excedrin that came to life. I think it was 1976 maybe or something, and they were only on, you know, I don't know, a few weeks, but there were all sorts of them. One of them, the woman's trying to squeeze into shoes at a shoe sale that were way too small for her, and that was Excedrin. Headache headache number 39. You don't need to measure my foot. I know it's four triple A. Now, as I read this, this is a seven D. Well, that must be the somebody else's foot. And Excedrin headache number nineteen might be like trying to put the bed sheets on when you have the twin bed sheet instead of the king size sheet. There were kind of things like that that things people could relate to, and they were all pretty funny. And they were not numbered in order. I don't know why that was, but then Excedrin headache number fifty nine was trying to shove a turkey into an oven that was too small. And that came out about a week before Thanksgiving, it seems. And everyone that I talked to just thought that was hilarious and would never happen. It was like, what? Who would not know that your turkey would fit or not fit? And so sure enough, we bought our turkey, a nice big one, like we always buy a nice big turkey. And we had just bought about a week before a new convection oven. And sure enough, the turkey was dressed and ready to go in there. And lo and behold, it wouldn't fit. But we had to get that big, slimy, buttered turkey out, lay it on its side. And we had, in those days, we had electric knives. And we just packed the top off. But it was still touching the top of the oven. I mean, it was squished into that oven. Unbelievable. And I think it was a little burned on the top, as I recall, as well. So we could not serve it, you know, as a turkey on the table. We had to you know, butcher it in the kitchen and slice it up. But that is Excedrin headache for sure. Will you excuse me? I, I think I need some Excedrin. Excedrin, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, the extra strength pain reliever. Are you implying I've given you a headache? A uh, pain in the head, known also as an Excedrin headache. For mm-hmm. thing- Life is full of Excedrin headaches. That's why you should get a bottle full of Excedrin tablets. If it's Thanksgiving and you're having one of those Excedrin headaches, maybe you just need to let off a little steam. You can tell us your stories about family, about Thanksgiving, or... You know, anything else really at thefamilyjewelspodcast.com. Actually, not just anything. Yeah, okay, I guess you're right. Well, when you're in college, your first Thanksgiving home is a big deal. Not only because you're seeing your family for the first time in a while, but you're also hanging out with your high school crew, maybe seeing that sweetheart you left behind. While you've been apart, you've reread her emails or played his mixtapes over and over again in your dorm room. You're psyched to reunite, but alas, your significant other, or as April likes to say, S.O., has decided to move on. And he's chosen Thanksgiving to tell you. You've just been, say it with me, April. Say it with me. Say it with me. (laughs) Turkey dumped. (laughs) We talked to Danielle Lorenz, who wrote an article about turkey dumping for talonegg.ca, a Canadian career hub for students and new grads. While turkey dumping is catching on in the U.S., it seems to be more prevalent among Canucks. So, Danielle, can you describe turkey dumping for us? It's, I guess, a a sort of relatively new cultural phenomenon where when students in long-distance relationships come home for Thanksgiving, and usually what happens is the tribulations of a long-term relationship will have gotten to the couple and they break up over the weekend. Hence, turkey dump. 
Lorenz says the reason turkey dumping is becoming more common is that more young adults have been attending college in the last 15 years. And while Lorenz has never been dumped herself, she says there's a well-known story on her college campus. Basically, um, the couple got together the day of the Thanksgiving dinner and at some point after the meal, whomever's family was hosting the meal, that individual um, from the pair broke up with the other one. So it was kind of awkward and very sad and I guess um, really cruel in a way. Like I know if, if that was me, I wouldn't want to go over to a family dinner to be broken up with. Even if you weren't at someone's house for Thanksgiving dinner, regardless of I guess where you were when you were broken up with, if you have to be social with your family on that day, it would be pretty awful. All you'd really want to do is like mope and eat like ice cream and cry and watch sappy movies and all that normal stupid stuff we all do when someone breaks up with us. It would really suck, I think, having to put on that happy face and pretend that everything's okay and then also have to decide whether or not you would tell your family. If you have a family member who's been turkey dumped and is crying into the gravy bowl, or maybe you're the one who's crying into the gravy, no, don't cry in the gravy, you'll ruin it. Alana Samuels can help you deal. She writes about business and the economy for the LA Times, and last year she had the idea of making a column about financial etiquette. Except around the holidays, people started writing in for just general advice. And Alana says lots of their questions were about family. Funny family issues that I'd never thought about before. And it was fun to answer those, even though I did get some hate mail after answering them. <laughs> like what? Well, there's one question about uh, a girl who's getting married or engaged, and she's going to her fiancé's house for Thanksgiving, and she was a vegetarian, so she wasn't quite sure what to do. And I guess I was maybe a little snarky, um, kind of advising her not to not to ask them to change too much because Thanksgiving is you know a big deal already. To ask them to cook something vegetarian just for you might not make the best first impression. Uh, I advised her to bring her own vegetarian dish and then keep a vegan salami in her purse. And so I got a lot of emails saying, you know, she shouldn't marry this guy if if his family is not willing to kind of work around her dietary needs and. I got a few emails from vegetarians saying Thanksgiving is a perfect time to kind of stand on your soapbox and tell people why they should be vegetarians, which I thought, you know, is the exact wrong thing to do if you're going to your in-laws house for the first time. <laughs> we heard about something called the turkey dump. Do you know what that is? No. What is it? What do you think it is? It sounds like people take turkeys and put it in a big pit and then maybe dance on top of them. That's a very good guess, but no. The turkey dump is when someone goes off to college, and then when they come home for Thanksgiving, it's usually the first time people come home for, for, from uh, college, is at Thanksgiving. They come home, and they break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend from high school. Yes, okay, that makes sense. And so what advice would you have for family members who are dealing with someone who's either been broken up with or who's just broken up with their high school sweetheart over the Thanksgiving holiday? Well, I think first you have to think about that they're coming home from college for the first time. So they're probably going to be a little obnoxious as it is because they're, you know, adjusted to the college lifestyle and probably think their parents are even less cool than they did in high school. So I would say, you know, try to encourage them to take part in the family activities and don't ask them about their personal life. <laughs> I think just distract them with, you know, meats and, and vegetables and foods. And, you know, I think food cures just about everything. So for that. I like that answer. I, I wanted to bring up a question that you answered last year. It was someone asking what they should wear to Thanksgiving dinner. 
And we just thought that was so bizarre, such a silly thing to ask. Well, I think I remember the question. It was not only what should I wear, but it was what should I wear if my lesbian aunt is coming and my family is going to be in the room for the first time in many years, which I think made it even stranger. Yeah, like it seems like you'd have a lot more questions <laughs> than what should I wear if you were going to be faced with that situation. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I guess for many people, Thanksgiving is one of the holidays where it's an actual event. You know, it's not Christmas where you're opening presents and it's not Fourth of July where you're maybe watching fireworks by yourself on your roof. Thanksgiving is when you're supposed to be with people and maybe people you haven't seen in a while. Most people would say business casual or business attire, you know, could never hurt for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's all about business. You never know who you'll meet at the dinner table. <laughs> so, April, what are you wearing to Thanksgiving? Mm, newspaper pilgrim hat. You? Oh, buckle shoes, and I'm going to have a tray of gravy teenies. Oh my God, we should have had a gravy teeny recipe. And I'm typing it right now. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll leave you with that image of Eve to ponder. That's it for this episode. You can catch us online at thefamilyjewelspodcast.com where you can send us an email with your amazing family stories. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Gobble, gobble, gobble. So that's the Family Jewels podcast. I love it, April. It's <laughs> I love it. I um really am amazed and want to know more about how your whole family found out that your stepdad had a new girlfriend. <laughs> He's still with her, and she and my mom are actually still really good friends. That's great. It's amazing. It's yeah. a trippy way to find out. It was very odd because we didn't realize they were planning it for so long. And we also didn't realize that was what was happening. Because did they even, in the podcast, you say your mom had to go and ask. It seems like there's more there. So they did they even break the news? They just kind of let you guys no, surmise No, they kind the of news. let us figure it out. It was sort of his way of telling us without telling us. He and my mom did end up talking about it later and... He ended up being a little more forthcoming about like, yes, we are together. So hold it. Did your mom get turkey dumped? Yeah, I think that story wasn't completely clear. No, they had been broken up for a long time. Okay. So they still, I, I hoped it was clear, but they um, they still had a friendship and they still ran a business together. Okay. And so, um, but they'd been living separately for a long time and had been broken up. So she was not turkey dumped. But that turkey dump section, listening to it again, I realized I was not compassionate at all. Breaking, hey. Being broken up with is horrible. Super horrible, especially around that time. And then you have to deal with your family. And it really sounded like we were kind of joking about it. So I'm sorry to anybody that was actually turkey dumped or anyone who's ever been sad for getting broken up with. Yeah, it's the dumps. It's the pits. It's the total dump pits. It's the dumpy pits. And also, like we've said, the holidays are stressful. Even if you love them, they can be very stressful. I also was struck by how innocent we sounded. Well, it was in before times. That's what I mean. It was before times. Yeah. It wasn't like crazy breaking news every single day that was going to destroy the world. No, we hadn't entered the upside down yet. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) thank you for putting it so nicely. As much as I love Thanksgiving, it has been more stressful being an adult. But when we were kids, I freaking loved it. And my 
favorite thing about it was that I almost always got to see grandpa's glass eye. We would get well and stuffed, just overeat, and the kids would all leave to the TV room. That's right, the TV room, because we were raised on TV, and I still love it. Anyways, we'd go to the TV room, you and we put in a movie. You don't have to apologize for that. I know. I still feel guilty about it, but I love it. We Anyways, all watch TV. I know. Inevitably, we put on a movie, um, usually something like Willow or Red Dawn or Breakfast Club, and those are all really similarly themed movies. Very holiday themed movies. We'd go straight for the holiday themed. It might be Pink Floyd the Wall. We only had oh, no, that's so many getting festive. We only had so many VHSs to oh, choose from. You know, <laughs> you know, so did we, and you know what? We used to end up watching mostly Mosquito Coast, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh. Or Valley Girl. Also all very similar. God, I love Valley Girl. That's a great movie. Um, not that the others aren't, but damn, Valley Girl. So anyways, we'd put on a, a one of these movies, and the kids, we'd be ages 8 to 16. And if we weren't, you know, hanging out with the family, that's what we'd do. The other option was to play poker with the – and you had to be 8 years old to sit down at the poker table. That was Grandpa's rule. But when he was done playing, <laughs> I know this is meandering, but when he was done playing poker, he'd come out and hang out with the rest of us who were, had lost all our money and were watching the movie. And he'd always get mad at us. This is Thanksgiving. What are you doing? This watch this crap. And so he'd make us turn off the TV. And one year he turned to me and he had just made us turn off the TV. And I asked if he would take out his glass eye and he popped it out and he let me poke in to feel the skin behind the eye it was so cool wow it was so cool i don't even know what that looks like i love grandpa's glass eye that sounds like a bluegrass song it's a title of a book i'm gonna never write oh well maybe it could be the title (laughs) of a song you're gonna sing right now Ah, Grandpa's glass eye. Taking it out, putting it in Grandpa's big glass eye. <laughs> I was going to go more of a ballad, but I like where you're going. <laughs> Grandpa's glass eye! Grandpa's glass eye! Grandpa's glass eye! Grandpa's glass eye! <laughs> so anyways, yeah, Grandpa's glass eye was a big fan, and it was a big hit at our at our Thanksgivings. Did it ever get lost in the gravy? Uh, it never got lost in the gravy. He did leave it in the bathroom once, and my cousin Nikolai was, it was when he was very young, and he's like, Grandpa, you left your glass eye in the bathroom, and Grandpa told him that <laughs> that it was okay, because it was battery operated, and he didn't miss a thing when Nick was in there peeing, and <laughs> he was, you know, when you're little, people tell you things, and maybe you believe it, and I think he was like 14 or 15 when he figured out that Grandpa's Last I wasn't battery operated and he never saw him pee in the bathroom. So legend has it that one day he didn't like it when grandma fucked with his glass eye. And one day she got one of those toy ice cubes, fake ice cubes with a fake glass eye in it. And she put it in his after work scotch. And without saying a word, he just picked it out between his forefinger and his thumb, walked silently out of the house and threw it off the cliff that they lived next to. (laughs) Good thing he didn't throw her off the cliff. I know, right? (laughs) I don't know many people who live near a cliff. They lived off of a bluff. 
you know, I live in the Puget Sound. There's a lot of bluffs and, and cliffs next to the water. That sounds very beautiful. Yeah, so Grandpa's Glass Eye. I still want to hear the song. Grandpa's Glass Eye. Grandpa's Glass Eye. Grandpa, Grandpa, it's Grandpa's Big Glass Eye. It's regular size. It's like the size <laughs> of his other eye. It's not that big. It's really regular. But it's a little bit cloudy looking. I, I just find the idea of like walking out your front door and there's a cliff. Whoa! Well, they had a big, huge yard before the cliff happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they were. <laughs> well, I hope that everyone has a great Thanksgiving, and I hope that there are lots of fun stories to tell. If you have a great Thanksgiving story. Please feel free to share it with us on Facebook. Maybe we'll use it for next year's episode, although we won't because we're going to completely change the format of the show come 2018. But uh, <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> but please tell us your stories anyway because we like hearing from you. And uh, thank you also so much for letting us know how you liked both our Desert Oracle episode. Seems like a lot of people really loved hearing Ken Lane's stories of the desert and also uh, our Marlon Brando episode was also great and we're really excited that everyone liked that show so much you know another thing that's really great about this time of the year is thinking about giving back and being very grateful for everything that you have and I just want to say that I'm very grateful to all of our listeners and Rachel I'm really grateful to you for being my partner on this journey and seeing where our podcast will go and it's Aww. just really fun discovering new things with you and finding answers and that's so sweet. I'm really grateful for you, too. And I love that we do this together. This is one of my favorite things that's happened this year. So thank you, Me April. Too. You're amazing. Oh, I love thanks. getting to learn everything with you and have so much fun doing it. And thank you, guys. We really do love you and appreciate you. We really do. And if at all, no matter how big or how small, you can give back to someone in your life, even if it's just going over and wishing your neighbor a happy Thanksgiving or, you know, donating to a charity or giving time to a animal shelter or just giving back in some large or small way. It all makes a difference. Yeah. Just being kind really makes a difference. Don't honk so much. Only if they're really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's great, April good reminder. Let's be kind, everyone. We'll see you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.